0: The meeting today is what we refer to as the BRICS standalone meeting of BRICS foreign ministers. This is a traditional meeting that happens annually uh, of BRICS foreign ministers. They meet twice a year, once in this format as a standalone meeting, and on the second occasion on the margins of the United Nations General Assembly in September. So, BRICS foreign ministers have an occasion to meet twice a year. So, this meeting is being chaired by Minister Pando in her capacity as uh, South Africa being the current chair of BRICS. So on the agenda today we will reflect on the broad theme of South Africa's chairship and in particular we have four sessions today in which the foreign ministers will participate. The first session will focus on global geopolitical situation and the global geoeconomic situation. We will have an exchange of views by the ministers on these two issues. As you know, these are currently very uh, pertinent issues impacting on all of the countries of the world, including BRICS countries. The second session will focus on developments within the New Development Bank, especially focused on the financial architecture. We will have uh, one of the vice presidents of the bank, uh, Leslie Masdorp, who's uh, a South African and a vice president and the chief uh, financial officer of the bank. He will give us an update on on activities of the bank and some of the challenges we are facing, and the vision of the new president of the bank, uh, President Dilma Rousseff. The third session (coughs) will also focus on preparations for the forthcoming summit that South Africa will host from the 22nd to the 24th of August. Yeah, in Santon, to which all BRICS uh, countries have been invited, and also as part of the summit, we will have firstly the economic forum where the private sector will convene on the 22nd of August and the BRICS leaders will address the uh, economic forum. On the 23rd is the summit itself, and on the 24th of August, we have what we refer to as the BRICS outreach and the BRICS plus. Uh, when BRICS leaders will have an opportunity to engage uh, with invited uh, leaders from around the world. And in this case, President Ramaphosa has decided to invite all of the African leaders for that engagement with BRICS leaders, plus key leaders from the global south, uh, those that are currently the political heads of key uh, global formations of the Global South like the NAM, the G77 and China, CARICOM, ASEAN and so forth. So that will be the third session that will reflect on our preparations uh, for the summit and exchange of views by the ministers. The last session uh, is dedicated to what we refer to as institutional development. Institutional development has three dimensions. Uh, BRICS cooperation is divided into four pillars. The first focusing on the economic uh, and political security issues, the second on financial issues, and the third on social and people-to-people contact. A standing fourth pillar is constant uh, review of the institutional functioning of the BRICS and how we can strengthen cooperation between ourselves. Uh, So that is the first dimension of institutional cooperation. The second dimension uh, focuses on uh, increasing our interaction with the emerging market de- developing economies through the Outreach and BRICS Plus program. So that will be the second focus. And the third focus, as contained in paragraph 73 of the Beijing declaration of last year, looks at the issue of BRICS expansion. And specifically, uh, through the Sherpa channel, we've been asked to look at Uh, working out guiding principles, standard criteria and procedure for expansion. So as Sherpa I will give a report to the ministers on how our work is proceeding in this regard and ministers will have an opportunity to interact on this important issue and give further guidance on how we should move the process forward. So that's basically the agenda for this afternoon's discussion between the BRICS foreign ministers. Sir, how, how can I estimate the role of Russia in the format of BRICS? Like all BRICS partners, Russia is an integral member of the BRICS family. So we, all of our BRICS families, uh, members are treated equally and they all have an equal role and say in their affairs of BRICS. Can I ask you also, one of the themes of South African leadership is inclusive multilateralism. How is inclusive multilateralism, multilateralism different from the kind of, quote-unquote, multilateralism that we have today? Why did you... Well, I think that has been carefully chosen and endorsed by all BRICS countries. The current multilateral architecture is outdated. It was formulated in 1945. It served its purpose. The world was vastly, vastly different. Less than 30 African countries were independent sovereign states at the time of the founding of the UN. And we have seen that uh, even Secretary General Guterres, just recently on the margins of the G7 meeting in Osaka, He specifically stated that the UNSC and the Bretton Woods Institution is outdated, unfair and in need of reform. Now that's coming from the Secretary General himself, and this is what BRICS has been championing since its founding, that we need a reformed, transformed multilateral system, one that speaks to the current challenges that we are facing, and one that is inclusive, and that is fair and just, and does not marginalize the majority of the global population. the majority of the global South feels that our institutions need reform and that their voices are also equally heard within this context. Professor, if I may, uh, one more question about the South African format, because you mentioned that the meeting is traditional, but you brought some novelty, and that is the participation of the so-called Plus Friends. Uh, how did it influence your work? Uh, did it make it easier or more difficult? And do you want this format to be expanded as... Uh, South Africa passes the leadership to other countries? Well, we're not the first. Last year, China had an extended foreign ministers meeting. We had a BRICS plus foreign ministers meeting under China's chairship. And as I've alluded to earlier on, the Articles seventy two of the Beijing declaration specifically speaks to us enhancing our interaction with the emerging market developing countries in all formats so we believe that it's important given the high level of interest shown by countries from around the world from Uh, all parts, the Latin America, Middle East, Asia, including Europe, that have written formally to us to become members of BRICS. This shows that a large number of countries have a great deal of faith and confidence in uh, the BRICS and what we are standing for and what we hope to achieve in terms of addressing the major fault lines on the geopolitical front, economic front, the financial front. And... uh, it's important that foreign ministers are also part of this process and it's not just confined to leaders because foreign ministers are the one who on a daily basis address these global issues and advise the leaders so we believe that it's this part of uh, our meeting the extended meeting tomorrow is an integral part and a very important part of our engagement with our partners uh, globally. Are you able to give us perhaps an update as to how many countries are knocking on uh, the block and um, those who have asked to join formally and informally. We have a list, we can share that list with you. It's well over 20 formally and informally. And I'm also informed that at least one of the ministers that... Attending the BRICS Plus tomorrow is carrying a letter from his head of state asking to join. So it's, all, it's, it's changing all the time. And we have just in the past week, we have received two further letters from heads of state writing to our president uh, as well. As a follow up to Ambassador, are you able to say if Saudi Arabia, Iran, and UAE have submitted formal requests? Yes, they have. Thank you, sir. And mm-hmm. you mentioned the geopolitical um, situation in. Uh, in Given that the, 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 the war in Ukraine is probably one of the most significant issues right now, what can this partnership do on the basis that one of the participants in that war is that the partnership? Well, you know, BRICS looks at all the global geopolitical situation, the global hotspots, not just one. Of course, the, the situation in Russia-Ukraine is important. It must receive attention, but it's not the only situation. The current situation, for example, in Sudan, Warrants our attention. The ongoing situation of the plight of the Palestinians in terms of them being di- denied statehood is an issue that has constantly been on the agenda. So, all of the global hotspots will receive attention. But the BRICS position has been very clear. BRICS stands for peaceful resolution of conflicts through political dialogue, and we would like to see a sustainable peace in all of these uh, political hotspots where we have conflict and violence and uh, sadly loss of life and suffering, humanitarian situation exacerbated. So the ministers will reflect on all global hotspots and you would have seen at least there are two initiatives, three initiatives from BRICS uh, members. Our president himself is involved in an African initiative. Uh, together, six African countries that are preparing to go and engage both the Ukraine uh, leadership as well as Russia. Uh, China has put out a 12-point peace plan in terms of addressing the situation in Russia-Ukraine. And President Lula himself has put forward some suggestions. So all of the BRICS leaders are seized with this matter to try and bring about a resolution to the situation because it's impacting on the global community and on Africa included. the what, question. Okay what can you say about the western attempts to transfer weapons to Ukraine We have said that BRICS stand for peace and cooperation so any any endeavors that fuels the conflict does not solve the problem we do not know of any global conflict that has been won through war all it does is cause more pain and suffering and as BRICS countries we are saying Let's focus on finding a peaceful resolution to the challenges rather than fueling the conflict.